All right, well, good morning. I think I said it earlier, but my name is Phil Masterson. I'm on staff here, and it is a privilege to be able to preach this morning. I, I preach probably once every month, five, six weeks, and I, I really do enjoy the preparation. I probably learn more from my preparation than you guys do from hearing what I have to say, so it's really blessing me more to be able to pray or to preach, but whatever. I hope you enjoy this. Hey, we are in a series on prayer where for these next two months, we are... Uh, giving us vision, encouraging us as a people, trying to give us really practical ways for us to be men and women who pray. And, and the word of kind of the Lord for the Antioch movement this year, and this is what Mark preached on last week, comes out of Luke 11. And he says, the disciples come to Jesus and they simply say, Lord, teach us to pray. And so that's our, our heart's cry these next two months. Lord, teach us to pray. And so today, I get to talk about something that I am very passionate about. I'm going to be talking about the most basic, most foundational, and most fundamental way that you guys and myself can pray. The most basic, foundational, and fundamental way that we all can be a people of prayer. But before I get into that, I want to talk about something else I'm passionate about. And it's this thing over here. All right? You guys ready for the big reveal? Wow. I'm passionate about squats. <laughs> this right here, this is my homemade squat rack. For about $30 at Home Depot, you can have your very own squat rack as well. Concrete buckets and a 4x4. Four four. This bar costs a lot more than that, but for 30 bucks, you can have a squat rack. But I want to talk about squats this morning before I talk about prayer because I believe that the squat is the most basic, foundational, and fundamental exercise or movement that we as humans can do. And actually, I solicited uh, some response from actually four fitness professionals who are in our midst in this church, and I asked them that same question. So I talked to James Frazier. He's the head strength and conditioning coach at Harvard University. If you've ever seen a big black man with arms the size of my legs, that is James Frazier. <laughs> So I trust what he has to say. Nick Assermley, he was a uh, coach at BC Athletics. He could probably coached more professional athletes than all of us have ever combined met. We have Erin Emanuel. She owns her own personal fitness company called Emanuel Moves. She has many different trainers. She's in the training school this year. If you need a training session, go talk to her afterwards. And Brian Buell, he owns a CrossFit gym in Somerville. For the last, I don't know, eight years. And so I texted each of these fitness professionals. I said, what's the most basic, foundational, and fundamental movement or exercise for either athletes or non-athletes? And without fail, right away, first thing every single one of them said was the squat. And here's why. Because it engages the largest muscle groups in your body, your thighs, your quads, and your butt, your glutes. In one movement, you work out the two biggest muscle groups in your body. In one movement, you cannot, there's no other exercise that you can press or push more weight than the squat. It's the most powerful exercise or movement that you can do. And so to show us, to demonstrate what a squat actually looks like, I want to invite my friend Justin Coxham up front. <laughs> Justin, go ahead, get that other weight on there. I asked if he could do this weight. It's going to be really tough for him. 
He was a college football player, but I think you're going to be able to do it. No, face the, yeah, I guess, yeah, how do you do it? Pull off to the back. Yeah, pull off to the back. It'll be tight. All right. Uh, pull off to the front and then turn around. You, it's not that bad. So here we go, Justin. Get underneath there. There we go. Press up and just, just give us a good look at what a proper squat is. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, good. Press to the heels. Maybe one more. One more. That's right there. Ladies and gentlemen, that's good stuff. Thank you so much, Justin Coaxham. That was impressive. Get that on there. Don't drop it, please. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I want to show you guys what the proper squat form looks like because, again, it's the most basic foundational fundamental movement in all of sports, whether you're an athlete or a non-athlete. This is so important to know. And so if someone was to come to me and said, I want to get in shape. Hey, I want to lose weight. Hey, I want to, I want to become more of an athlete. I would say, all right, let's work on your squat. Let's start developing strength in your squat. And in the same way, if someone was to come to me and say, hey, I want to grow in my prayer life. I want to learn how to pray. I want to become a person who's disciplined in my prayers. Or I want to become a person who is powerful in prayer. First thing I'm going to do is lead them to the most basic, fundamental, and foundational way that we can pray. And that is praying the Word of God. Praying the Word of God. So we're going to look today. I want to answer two different questions. First question is, why is praying the Word of God the most basic, foundational, and fundamental way to pray? I want to ask that question of why. And then secondly, I want to give three very, very practical ways that you guys can walk out of here today praying the Word of God in a new way in your life. So first, we're going to answer the question, why is praying the Word of God so foundational? And I picked out four scriptures that I think are going to ground us in the truth, all right? So first is this, is that the scripture is God-breathed, okay? So if we look at 2 Timothy 3.16, Simple, mess, simple verse, if you've, if you've read the Bible or if, you, if you've come to church at, at all, or maybe for a while, you've probably heard this verse before. But I want to I remind us of the power of this verse. Paul's writing to Timothy. Paul's writing to this younger man. He's saying, reminding Timothy, hey, Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And I would add, it's useful in prayer. It's useful in having powerful prayers because it comes from God's actual breath. So if you look at the Bible, you open that thing up. It was written by men, but it was inspired by God. The breath of God spoke to men and said, hey, this is what I want you to write. And so we can be so assured that the word of God, the the actual words that we read in the Bible, when we pray them, we're praying the will of God. We're praying his intention. We're praying his character. We're praying his understanding or, or his, the way that he wants us to live. So we can have confidence that because the scripture of God breathed, it's a good way to pray. Secondly, it is the foundation, the word of God is the foundation on which we stand and it has authority. If we look at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus preaches one of the, the, the greatest sermon of all time in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And at the very end, Matthew seven twenty four. this is what Jesus ends with. This awesome picture. He says, Therefore, if, if any of you put into practice these words of mine, you will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. But then he goes on to say, but if, if you hear these words of mine and do not put them into practice, you're a foolish man that builds his house on the sand. 
And so Jesus is basically saying, if you land, if you obey my teachings, if you obey my words, you will be set on the foundation that's sure and solid. And then a couple of verses later, it's, it has this commentary about the people who had heard this sermon, and they said they were like blown away because Jesus spoke as one who had authority. And so when we pray the scriptures, we can be so, when we pray Jesus' words or Jesus' teachings, which is something I do all the time, I, 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 I read a, a parable and I just start to pray it, or I pray it over someone, or I pray the, the principle that's being applied. Well, I can be so sure that's the foundation on which I can stand, and it's an authoritative word that will make my prayers a very powerful prayer. So it's foundation on which we can stand, it's authoritative. Thirdly, it will achieve its purpose. The word of God will achieve its purpose. I look at Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. It says this, As the rain and snow come down from heaven, And do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. I love that little phrase, accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. And so when we pray the word of God, we can have confidence that it will achieve the purpose for which it was sent. This is something that Mark touched on briefly last week. I just, I just want to add this little side note. Is that, you know, this isn't like an abracadabra. All of a sudden I speak this and it happens, right? But Mark said, you know, he looked at this part of Jesus' teaching in, in Luke 11. He said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. You know, it's this kind of mysterious teaching. It's like, is that really true that whatever we ask, it'll happen? I think that what Mark said, and I want to emphasize this as well, I think that the more we read the scripture, the more we get to know who Jesus is, the more we get to know God's character, I think our will aligns with his will. And then that's when our prayers start to become very powerful. And that's when we can start landing on, hey, I'm asking what Jesus really intended. I'm asking what, what what God really wants to see happen. So it's this alignment with the will of God that's so important. And that's, that's this thing that grows over time as we continue to walk with the Lord. So it will achieve its purpose. That's so, it's such a foundational thing, so powerful. It makes our prayers so powerful. The final scripture that, again, teaches me that prayer is the most basic, fundamental, and foundational way to pray is Hebrews 4.12. It says, it is living and active. Whenever I open the Word of God, whenever I open the Bible and I look at it, I don't just see kind of words on a paper, these like kind of lifeless words. No, Hebrews 4.12 encourages me and says, hey, this Word is actually alive. It's real. It's active. I like to picture it like I open it up and it's like a little movie scene that starts to play. It's like becomes alive. And then when we actually pray that over people, we pray the Scripture we're praying a living and, living and active thing. The thing that I thought about, I, I, you, can, you can fact check, check this. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, so I might be wrong on this. But I think in Cinderella, when she goes to bed, I think all the mice, they like go and do all her chores. I think that's what happens. And then she wakes up and all the chores are done, right? And so you can fact check me on that. Again, I, I haven't seen it in a long time. But that principle is a powerful thing, right? I love that idea of like, you pray the word of God over someone, they go to bed and it just starts to go to work on them. 
It starts to go to work changing them, encouraging them. And then they wake up and they're like, whoa, what's different about myself? Well, the living, active Word of God changed you. That's what happened. So we can land on the foundation that the Bible is real and true and authoritative. We can, we can understand that God has breathed those scriptures. And so when we, when, we get, when we start praying actual God's word, it's so powerful. We can believe that it will achieve its purpose. When we pray, we, we can trust as we kind of continue to align our life with the will of God, understand what he wants. We can pray that word with power and with confidence that it will achieve its purpose. And finally, we can believe it's living and active. So I want you guys to, to re, just remind yourself, if, if I need to learn how to pray, or if I want to re-up my prayer life, start with the most basic, foundational, and fundamental way to pray, and that's praying the Word of God. So now I want to actually talk about some practical ways that you guys can walk out of here with ways to pray. Or I want to teach you guys how to squat. I want to show you guys how to squat and how important that actually is. So the first way to pray the scripture is this. And the, all of these are, have been kind of things that I've tested over time or have been kind of things that have encouraged me in the word. First is this. It's to pray, read the word. This is a, a, a way of engaging the scripture that I was taught about five years ago. There's a man named Mike Bickle. He's a teacher and also a, a kind of head of the International House of Prayer in St. Louis. And he talks a lot about pray, reading the word. And basically, it's as simple as it sounds. It's as you're reading the Word of God, as you're reading it, you're not just reading it for like, oh, I want to understand what this actually means. But it's you're turning those words into actual prayers. And you're engaging with Scripture in that way. And, and a simple acronym, Mike has a certain way that he does it. I didn't really uh, do that way. I, I kind of made up my own way. So this is, I, I want to submit this as a way to pray, read the Scriptures. And it's to arm your prayers with the Word of God. It's a simple acronym, A-R-M. Arm your prayers with the Word of God. So A stands for agree. You just want to read the Scriptures, and this is the fun part. You just say, I agree with this. Yes, God. It's a lot of thankfulness. I thank you that this is true. I believe this is true in my life. I believe this is true in this person's life. I agree with what you just wrote in this Scripture. Second is reveal or ask for revelation. So oftentimes the Word of God might, it, it can be confusing or it can be, I don't really understand what, he's, what, what, what the, this writer is trying to get at. And so we can ask for revelation. Just uh, The way I view revelation is, remember when I pulled off the curtain over the squat rack? You guys were probably like, what is underneath there? I'm so intrigued. And then I was the one that got to reveal it, right? And you were like, oh, that's what it is. And that's, I think, when we ask for revelation, that's what it is with God when he reveals things to us from the Word of God. We ask for revelation. We're like, God, what does this actually mean? He opens our eyes to see it, a new revelation of what it actually means. It's a beautiful thing. And then finally, M is make a commitment. So it's basically saying, hey, okay, if this is true, if I agree with this, if you've revealed something about this to me, then I want to make a commitment to actually have this change my life. And so that's a prayer of help me, God. Help me make this a reality in my life. And so I wanted to give a, a, a quick example of what I did just this past week in arming my prayers with the Word. And I was reading, and I just followed right along with my reading plan. I, I, I read through the Bible in a year with, uh, with CFTS. And so just this past week, I was in Jude. And so Jude 24 and 25. Put that up there. Thank you. And so just join me as I'm, I'm going to bring you into the way that I armed my prayers with the Word. Here it goes. To him who is able to keep you from falling. I just stopped. 
I said, I'm going to agree with that. God, I agree that you can keep me from falling, that you are the one that keeps me on the kind of way to follow you, to keep me from falling down. I'm just going to agree with that, and I thank you, God, that you do that. Super simple to agree. Agree is the easiest part. And you keep on going. And to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. So I was just like, all right, Lord, I want to reveal to me what that actually means. So I was asking for revelation. And then I, I just, so I just started journaling or closed my eyes or whatever. I just was like, Lord, reveal to me what it really means to be in your presence without fault. And I just pictured myself before this bright light. And I looked at myself and I was just totally clean. I was without fault. And then great joy. And I was just like laughing because of the joy that I had. And the other people that were around me were laughing. There was much joy in this place. So I just got this simple kind of picture of what that, I was like, oh, thank you. I can't wait to get there, God. I can't wait to see you in your presence. And then finally, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. And I just was like, all right, I'm going to make a commitment. Hey, if everybody else is going to be praising you forever and ever and ever, and if, and if your name is going to be praised forevermore, then I'm going to start that right now. I'm going to make a commitment that I'm going to be a man of prayer, worship, honoring you with my whole life. And, but God, I need your help. And that's, it's always a, kind of a tag with, but God, I need your help to do that. Won't you make me a man of worship and prayer? So it's a simple way. I'm, I'm just showing you an example of how do you arm your prayers with the Word of God. So I encourage you, as you guys engage in Scripture, you don't have to do it for the whole time you're reading, but just choose a few verses and say, hey, I want to agree, ask for revelation, and make commitments. So that's my first simple way to read the Scriptures and do this. The second one is this. It's to let memorization fuel your intercession. Let memorization fuel your intercession. And this is a simple word or a simple phrase that I tag onto that is attach Scriptures to people. Attach scriptures to people. So memorization and intercession, probably two of the hardest things for me in my like kind of Christian life to do. Memorization, I've done it in the past, but I honestly, people are like, oh, it's so powerful, it's so powerful. And, and for years I've been like, I don't know if it's really that powerful. I don't remember the things that I memorized. You know, a week later I forget it probably. And people are like, oh, but maybe when you're talking to people, it'll like come to mind. And I'm like, that never happens to me. I, you know, I always think like a week later, I'm like, oh, I should have said this. You know, but, and then in intercession, I always want to be a man who prays consistently. But for some reason, that has not been the story of my life. I haven't been one who faithfully intercedes on behalf of, of things. And so I've been kind of discouraged by these things until something happened eight months ago. So I was in a D group. I'm in a, I'm in a discipleship group with four amazing men who you all know, or many maybe know, Eric Meccarillo, Gideon Emmanuel, Elijah Maylitz, and Evan McCann. He's got rock-solid men of God, and we're in this D group that meet every Tuesday morning for the last eight months. It's been a powerful time together. But I was like, Lord, I want to pray for these men. I really want to intercede on their behalf. How can I actually do this? And whether it was I heard someone encourage me to do this, or whether I heard a teaching about it or something, so basically it was like, okay, take a scripture and pray that over this, each guy. And I was like, okay, that seems like a simple thing to do. So I, I said, okay, I'm going to try it. So I take out four index cards. I remember I was sitting at a desk. I pulled out my Bible. I took out four index cards. I said, okay, God, uh, give me a verse to pray over each of these guys. So 
Start with Gideon. Gideon, Lord, what do you want to, you know, lead me somewhere in this whole book. So I felt like the Lord is leading me to Ephesians 1, chapter 18, verses 18 and 19. So I flipped to Ephesians 1, 18 and 19. And I was like, ooh, that's a good verse. Here we go. It says this, for the, for, God, for the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, might give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened so that you, so that you might know him better, or so, so you might know the hope to which he has called you, the glorious inheritance in the saints. I was like, oh, that's a good verse. I'm going to pray that over Gideon. So I started praying that over him. And then I went to Elijah and I said, Lord, where are you leading me? And he goes, I just felt like he was saying, go to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Okay, I turned to Romans 12, 1 and 2. I was like, ooh, those are good verses too. It says this, Therefore, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord, for this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so you might know God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so I just pray over Elijah all the time. Lord, may he view himself as holy and pleasing. Lord, may he be transformed by the renewing of his mind, and may he know what your will is for his life. That's been a consistent prayer of Elijah's life for the last eight months. Went to Evan, Philippians 2.3. He says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. And so I pray over Evan that he be a man of humility. That would define his life. And then I went to Eric Meccarillo. And I got Exodus 23. Anytime you go to the Old Testament, you've got to watch out, you know? But this is so powerful. Flip right to the Ten Commandments. And it was Exodus 23 is this. There will be no other gods before me. And so I just pray over Eric every day. I'm like, Lord, may, may your, you be the God of his life. May there be no other distraction in his life, but may you be his God the rest of his life. And so that's been prayers that I've attached to them. Basically, it's like picture I took a sticky note. And this, this really helps me. Remember in middle school when you'd like slap sticky notes on people's back, you know, patting them, and it was like a, a making fun of them, and they would walk around with that? Well, I do that with scriptures, and I take sticky notes, and I slap them on these guys' back, not in reality, but in the spirit, and I slap them on their back, and I say, this is who you are. And so I've done that over the last year. So then I was like, okay, let's go to CFTS, Community Faith Training School. Every, all 17 students, I have verses that I've attached to them, and I've prayed that over them consistently. Mark and Sean are leaders of this movement. I have verses that I pray over them. I was hanging out with Ron Good. We were, we were going out and, and sharing the gospel together, and we were sitting in the car. It was pouring rain, so we were like, let's not do this anymore. So we got in the car, and I'm just like, bro, I want to pray over you consistently. What's a verse that I could pray over you? And, and instead of giving me a verse, he starts telling me about this dream that he had. And I was like, dude, I just wanted a verse. I don't, I don't really care about the dream. But, but he's an elder, so you, don't, you, know, you just let him do his thing. And, uh, but it's this amazing, powerful verse. In, in, the, in the dream, he dreamed nine, he had to call 911 because he had an emergency. And so he wakes up and he like, was like, oh, what, what, what does this mean? And so he goes to Psalm 911, Psalm 911. And, and it says this, he dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And so that's what I've been praying that over you, Ron, for the last three months. I say, may he dwell in the shelter of the Most High. May he find rest every single day in the shadow of the Almighty. I pray that over him. It's a, a scripture that I've attached to him. I'm telling you guys, this has been the most powerful way that my intercession life and my memorization life has just taken off. It's been the most encouraging thing in my Christian walk in the last eight months. Hey, it might not work for you. It might not be the thing, but I, I'm submitting it as an idea. Check it out. Try it out. 
So how would you actually do something like this? Sim- there's two simple ways to do it. One is if you want to pray for someone, you just ask them, hey, what verse do you want me to pray for you? And have them write it down. And then you, whenever you start praying for that person, just start, bring out that verse and start to memorize it. I, I, I'm confident that you'll start to get it memorized quicker as you attach it to a person. Well, the second thing is do what I did. Just open the Word of God. Believe that God's going to actually guide you through the living and active Word to a place that's going to encourage that person. And just ask, hey, God, where should I go? And, and maybe, you know, you might get to a verse and you're like, uh, I don't want to pray that one over that. You know, that's okay. Do it again. Try something else. Or, or maybe stay in that chapter and just find something that could apply. And just to, just to say that this, is, this has been a really fresh part of my life too. Just on Friday, I did this for two more people. So I'm, I'm starting to pray for, I wanted to pray for my neighbors that they would come to know Jesus. I have two neighbors, Christian and Jim. And I was just like, all right, God, what do you want me to pray over Christian? And I just felt like he was like 2 Timothy 3.17. And that says this, so that the man of God might be thoroughly equipped uh, to do good works. And so I pray over Christian. I say, may he become a man of God who's thoroughly equipped and may he do amazing things for you in this life. I'm praying that over Christian now as consistently as I can. And then got a guy, endearing, awesome neighbor named Jim. And I, again, I, I got an Old Testament one. It was n- number 7-4. And I was like, okay, here we go. What's this going to be? And number 7-4 is this. It's a really simple verse. The Lord spoke to Moses, period. I was like, ah, maybe I should get something else. And then I was like, no. That's amazing. God, speak to Jim. And may he be like Moses who knew you intimately. And so you see what I do? I just take a scripture. And I just pray these specific words. And man, oh man, my prayer life has been encouraged incredibly. So I want to encourage you guys. You choose five people. You go out and you just say today, I'm going to pray scripture. I'm going to attach scripture. I'm going to slap a sticky note on their back every single day that they go out. And I'm going to say, that's your identity today. That's the sticky note you walk around with. I'm the man. I'm the woman. I'm amazing. You know, whatever it is, whatever that scripture is, slap that identity on them. It's going to be powerful. Final way. You guys get encouraged. You guys going to pray the word? Final way that we can pray. Again, I'm giving you a lot of practicals. But I think we often need practicals with our prayer lives. Final way is this. I want to talk about the most vague word in all of Christianity. And that's this word, bless, and blessing, and blessed. Blessed, blessing, and blessed. What does it really mean? I think we all kind of have some, somewhat of an idea about what it actually means. But like, do we really know what it means when we say it? And, and don't we often use that in our prayers? Lord, bless this person. You know, classic for me is I don't, really know somebody or anything they need, and I just, I throw the blessing prayer at them, you know, I'm like, bless my brother, amen, you know, and, and in and of itself, that's an amazing prayer, but I think it's an amazing prayer because we, if, if you get to know what that word actually means, it becomes one of the most powerful words you can use, so we, I want to take it from the most vague word in prayer to the most powerful, packed praying word that you can actually use, okay, and the way we're going to do that is by looking at where Jesus talks about blessing a lot in Matthew chapter 5. I preached on this a year ago because I was looking at what the word blessing actually means. And this was incredibly encouraging me. So I'm going to recycle this material for you guys because it's been such an encouragement for my own prayer life. So we're going to look at the Beatitudes where Jesus talks about blessing. And I want to attach a word to each of the Beatitudes so that you're praying over people, blessing, you can be thinking of these words and saying, hey, I'm going to bless them with these, this kind of idea. So the first beatitude is this. Blessed are the 
poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the word that I think of there is citizenship. And so when I pray blessing over people, I just say, may you understand that you are not just a citizen of this earth, but you are a citizen of heaven. You, are, you, you literally, there is an afterlife that is coming, and you will live forever and eternity with the great and glorious king. Your citizenship is in heaven one day. But would, would we live our lives today with that in mind? And that's what I think of when I think of citizenship. Second beatitude is this. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And so the simple word is comfort. I pray comfort over people. Uh, we're about to go to Cambodia in five, six days. And two things that have really devastated Cambodia are, one, a major genocide that happened a couple decades ago where millions of people were killed. So literally almost every single family was, a, was uh, experienced a traumatic death in their families. So that's tra- trauma, obviously. And then the other thing is that the reality of, of many people's lives is they either have to sell themselves or their children into the sex slave trade. That's kind of how they can make money. And so obviously that's a devastating thing. And so one of the things, I, I, it's, again, those things are massive, and I don't really have a concept for how, how do we actually minister, but a simple way that I do it is I just say, God, won't you be a God of comfort for these people? Won't the people who mourn, won't they be blessed with God's comfort? Uh, you know, a verse that I, I often think about is peace that surpasses all understanding. No matter what they've experienced or no matter what they're thinking about, would peace come over their lives? Won't they, won't they be comforted? And so that's what I've been praying. I've been blessing Cambodia with comfort. And I bless them as, even as we interact with them to, to, to be messengers of comfort to them. Third beatitude is this. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I just think of this word as purpose. And I pray that over young adults. I interact a lot with young adults. Those who are in their 20s and 30s. Man, young adults need to know their purpose. College students know their purpose. They're like, I'm going to change the world. Young adults start working. They're like, oh my gosh, this is really hard. And we need to be reminded of our purpose. That our work is good. That God has called us to be men and women who work and cultivate the earth. And he's called us to be men and women who live out the great commandment to love God and love others and live out the great commission and make disciples of all people. That's our purpose. And so when I bless people with purpose, I just say, God, may they understand the purpose that you put them here on earth. In the, in the neighborhood that they are, in the workplace that they are, may they understand their purpose every single day. It's a blessing. Fourth is, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And this, what I think of is satisfaction. Oh man, would I be satisfied with knowing Jesus? And that's, that's who I run to all the time. May I be satisfied, not with having to go to things of this world, but that Jesus would be my full satisfaction in life. So I pray for people to be satisfied in the Lord instead of in other things. Fifth beatitude, blessed are those, are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And that's simple, mercy. Bless them with an understanding of what mercy is, the forgiveness of sins. You, you've received mercy from the Lord. But we need to understand that. One of the verses that I've attached to Maddie Park this year is Romans 4, 7. It says this, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. And so I pray over Maddie all the time. Won't she understand again her forgiveness of sins? What it really means in her life. And that's really just, won't she understand mercy? Won't she be blessed to know that she has received mercy? Keep going. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And this is simple. It's intimacy. 
I want to intimately know God. I want, to, I want him to intimately know he, me. I mean, he already does, but I want to open my life totally, fully to him and say, know me fully, God. And I want to intimately know God, his character, his ways. And so I pray intimacy over people. I just say, may you know, as you read the word of God, as you pray, as you live your life, may you grow in intimacy with our God. That's a blessing. Keep going. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And this is adoption, is the word. If you guys came to World Mandate in January, World Mandate is our annual missions conference. We had this powerful video about adoption. It showed a bunch of families that had actually adopted real kids. And then it, it kind of you know, made the connection with how God has adopted us. And I'm just this wreck of tears as I'm touched again or encouraged again or, or, or revealed again that I've been adopted. I've been saved from my sin. I've been saved from, from living, being an orphan. And now I'm adopted into the family of God. That's one of the most powerful things that we can grasp as humans when we receive and believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We've been adopted into his family. So I pray for people that, my gosh, won't you understand again that you're a son and a daughter? It's an identity prayer, a blessing. And finally, this is the last one. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are those when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So I just pray blessing that people, in the face of persecution, insult, feeling uncomfortable about your faith, you might realize that, hey, actually, when we stand firm in those places, that we will receive rewards in heaven. There are rewards that we will receive when we actually stand strong in our faith here on earth in the face of persecution. And that's a blessing to be able to do that. We need to be, we need to be blessed. So I take these, so oftentimes when I'm praying and I pray this, and I think in my head, oh, here goes, here goes the vague blessing word. I pray, but then I'm like, no, no, no. I want to attach these amazing beatitudes, these words of Jesus, these powerful things to this person. Say, I, actually, I bless you with intimacy. I bless you that you might have purpose. And man, it encourages me as I intercede for people. But it's a way to pray the word of God. So those are three simple ways that we can actually pray the word of God. So this is a, we're gonna, I'm going to ask the band to come on up. We're going to go into a time of response now. And here's how we're going to respond. Again, I just, just want to remind us again. So I started with saying, why is prayer like the squat? Why is it the most basic, foundational, and fundamental way? Why? Because God breathed those words. It's the foundation on which we stand. It will achieve its purpose, and it's living and active. So we can be so assured that when we pray the Scriptures, there's going to be powerful things that happen. And then I went to talk about, and I said, hey, these are three very practical ways to do this. To pray, read the word, to attach intercession with memorization, and then to actually use the, the Beatitudes as a way to bless. So giving you very practical ways. So right now in response, I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. And they're going to be passing out this little card. Here, John, I'll give you this card. It's a little business card. And on it are these three ways to pray. And on it as well are spots for you to fill in five people who you want to begin to pray and attach scriptures to. Okay, so in response, you guys can go ahead and pass this out. Grab one or two as they go by. Give them away to people, whatever you want to do. But I want to encourage you guys to think right now, in the next ten minutes as we respond, begin to do one of these ways of praying the scripture. 
begin to, to think about, hey, who can I actually pray for? Who, who do I want to intercede for? Write those down. Or start praying the Beatitudes over some people that you know. Or just open your scripture or open the word of God and start to arm your prayers with the word. So for the next 10 minutes, you guys can do that. And at the same time, so that's the kind of general response as we're worshiping. As well, we're going to have a, a, a couple of CFTS students. We have a team of CFTS students that will be up front. And what I want to do is I just want to pray over anybody who just is like, I need a revitalization in my prayer life. I'm sure that's a lot of us. But I want to just have someone pray that over me. I, there's something powerful about having that prayed over us. So come and be encouraged. If the, if the CFTS team can come on up front now, they're going to be in different parts of the up front. They're going to pray over you that you be envisioned or encouraged in your prayer life. And then finally, if, if you came in with any kind of burden, any kind of place that you need healing in your life, either physically, spiritually, or emotionally, if you just need someone to pray over you, again, this prayer team is up here. Come and respond in any way that you just want to be encouraged this morning. So we've got about nine, ten minutes to actually worship and pray, but I encourage you guys, start praying the word of God this morning and, and let it become part of your daily rhythm. So let me pray for us and then we'll respond. Lord, we just, we thank you for your scripture. We thank you that you breathed the scriptures for us. You showed us, you gave us these scriptures and that we can actually pray them with power, believing that they will achieve the purpose for which you sent it and believing that they're living and active. They're going to do work in people's lives. And so, Lord, encourage us to be people who pray your word consistently. And, and Lord, spark us to be a people of prayer. May Antioch Brighton be known as as a praying church. People who pray diligently and and intercede on behalf of things and see amazing things happen because of the prayers that we pray. We respond to you. Lead us in any way that you need us to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. my heart